1: athletic
2: i'm sorry you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like
1: this that's going to have a crack he is you know oh
3: and team again.
4: Versus USA in the company of the worst person from the year 2014, BBC versus ITV in the opening title sequences, John Hartson plants his flag in Ellie McCoist's major tournament co-commentary turf, Mark Klattenberg breaks the referee punditry code of honour, a technical dismantling of Bebeto's iconic World Cup goal celebration, who should be wrapped in proverbial cotton wool and when, dinosaurs, pigeons, and the ultimate vindication for football's long-held obsession with that White stripe song. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 211 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for the adjudication panel today is David Walker. How's it going? Very good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Has the World Cup burst into life yet? It's the eternal question and one I'm going to keep asking until it actually has burst into life.
3: Well, if it, if it hasn't yet, today, as we record, is the, is the final day for every team to play once. So... It should have really by this point, but I think it has. We've had two big upsets. We've had a couple of big scores, and we've also we've also had an important part of the World Cup's life cycle is a smattering of dull nil nils, which we had. So,
4: oh, I thought you were going to mention uh, the Japanese clearing up in the stands after a game. There is that, yes, and the dressing room, a bunch of Mark Nobles. Uh, Do
3: you think? I was thinking about. I was thinking about this. Do you think that like? I know it's an intrinsic part of their culture, but, like, they must get sick of it. Like, oh, God, we've got to clean up again.
4: (laughs) You have to do it now. (laughs)
3: Someone somewhere is getting
4: five-digit numbers on Twitter for this. You have to do it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of social media heroes, alongside you for the adjudication panel today is Nick Miller. Welcome home for your big, massive World Cup trip, Nick Miller.
2: (laughs) Thanks. This is the perfect way to cap it off.
4: Um, How was it?
2: Uh, it, Incredibly gruelling, but um, genuinely brilliant. Um, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I travelled from London to Doha via the Scenic Group. We went through 17 countries in, a th- in 17 days, talked to people along the way about the World Cup and so on. It was me and uh, the athletics, Laurie Whitwell, was along with uh, a video- videographer. And, um, What's the team spirit like amongst you three? Uh, it, was pre- it was pretty good. Some moments of tension broadly involving Laurie kind of wandering down... From the hotel, most mornings, twenty minutes after we said we would, and saying, "Oh, sorry, lads, I didn't realize you were waiting."
4: Uh, <laughs> that would but, great. That would great after after the 16th country, I think. Yeah, uh,
2: very much so. Uh, but, but other than that, few few little uh, few little gripes. And, wow, no, but, letting it all. Letting all out of here, excellent. Only one place for it, really. Uh, it's uh, I, I, I couldn't couldn't say anything uh, actually on the trip because that would that would make things awkward. So I'm just going to say it on a on a well listened to podcast so you, you do
3: you do learn a lot about people on trips where they work trips, or if you're on, on like you know some stag deal. or people tour, people, yeah, you, yeah, people sure. you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> when there's a, when there's a sort of loosely agreed meeting time, and you learn a lot in that in that space of like in the hotel waiting room. This about is, who gets uh, it, who's is, getting annoyed, who's early, who who deems three minutes past the meeting time to be too late or acceptable. Yeah, yeah. this this can happen within
4: the space of a stag do as well. Like yeah. Within the space of a weekend, you can go from not knowing someone to really enjoying their company to being utterly done with them for that <laughs> very specific reason as well. It's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's amazing, the, uh, the life cycle of a friendship. Um, but Nick, all this was a lead up to really... Having heard about this arduous trip with its various niggles and its seventeen countries, I've uh, got one more potential stop for you tonight, Friday, the twenty fifth of November, at the Indigo at the O two. It's England versus USA, and it's
2: hosted by Dapper Laughs.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> he,
2: uh, well, hang on, Dapper Laughs. I mean, first thing, Dapper Laughs is still a thing. Uh,
3: that's he, he's
2: still knocking around, is he? I,
3: I mean, I don't, I don't think he is still a thing. Oh, right, which is, okay. which, is which is very much the strange thing about this whole situation but
2: 2015 social media uh, controversialist dapper laughs is, is back on yeah. uh, headlining doors 4 p.m kick off 7 p.m <laughs> that oh, is
4: a lot of potential dapper laughs before the football starts <laughs> like so that. we
2: haven't we haven't heard a lot about dapper laughs in the last few years mm. so does this mean that he's sort of toned his shtick down in which case what what's he doing now. There's
4: two options, I think, for Dapper Laughs. Either he's toned it down and remained repentant for his um, disgusting behaviour, or he's sort of turned ironic uh, and sort of spiralled back on itself. I don't know. I'm, I'm mm. assuming the latter has to be. That's the it's only bit, way.
2: It's, so in many ways, it's a shame that Jack Pittbrook is in uh, Qatar at the moment because he would be all over going to that and
4: writing uh, yeah. a piece of yeah. it,
3: wouldn't
2: he? I suspect, though, Dave, the masses will be swarming to
4: Sean Williamson and Box Park, really, (laughs) won't they? That's the solid option. I
3: mean, yeah, speaking of people... Being sick of things that they've done once, but now have to do every single time. (laughs) Watching him sing something inside so strong before the game against Iran the other day. He might do Star Spangled Banner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully, I hope he does. Hope he mixes it up a bit.
4: Sweet Caroline getting another airing. A few more royalties on that front. Right, it's time for the education panel. Uh, First of all, um, really enjoyed this tweet from NW who said if a marvel film nick had a world cup match on in the background of a scene it would be Poland versus Mexico don't know why that's right but it is isn't it it's it's pure world cup isn't it poland mexico almost timeless
2: yeah i haven't uh, there's no there's no really no need to even check whether they've ha- have even played each other uh, in the past mm. y- it just fits perfectly doesn't it yeah played in
4: 1974 i think dave but it's sort of era spanning kind of fixture and kind of sort of sums up the world cup a little bit um sort of two teams who really oughtn't play each other at any other time pitted together in a in a very very credible scenario
3: yeah i wonder if they ever have played each other in a friendly doesn't seem doesn't feel like they should have done but um mexico especially are the foundation to this particular recipe they they are just quintessentially world cup and poland certainly in the sort of last 10 years or so, have just become, again, have become a bit of a, a fixture. Never, never ever do anything. They're both, they're both quite similar in, in so much that they they deliver exactly what you expect. Mexico will get to the second round, will get knocked out. Poland will not go through. Lewandowski will not perform like he should do and rinse and repeat. You'd be amazed to know they've actually played each other seven times
4: in international friendlies. Oh, wow. Um, between 1973 and 2017. Um, maybe it's a Catholic thing, Nick. <laughs> Get reaching, them together, they'll be all right.
2: <laughs> reaching hands across the uh, the Atlantic to, mm. in the name of Catholicism. Yeah yeah, uh, m- maybe they just maybe they're just embracing that they're together as well. They, they mm-hmm. have realized that they are um, extremely well copied, so just come together every few years to try and recreate that magic.
4: Yeah, lovely stuff. As we reach the end of the first round, of group games. We've had a glimpse of all 32 teams by the end of this day. It's incumbent on us really to focus on the big issue, which is who's got the better opening titles, BBC or ITV. Quite a difficult task this year. I don't think either of them have covered themselves in glory, Dave. Should we start with the BBC? Um, which is a, a very kind of odd affair. Um, it's very much a departure from, from the standard. It's, it's not unpleasant, but let's hear a bit of it. <laughs> Very weird Mowbray.
3: Now, this is interesting because up to this point, I haven't heard this. I've only seen it. I've wow. seen it in the office with the sound off. I quite like the graphics. The graphics are great. Sort of kaleidoscopic. Really nice sort of, Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm quite glad they haven't gone for the the sort of classic trope of slightly reductive music to do with that country. Absolutely. Over the top of it, which you could... I don't know whether it's a deliberate choice because of the country involved this time, but um, it, it's a trap that is far too easily fallen into. Mm, for sure.
3: A little bit of Barry Davies uh, at the end there, which is nice. Um, yeah, the, the um, Guy Mowbray sort of mixed in as if it was some sort of, uh, you know, dance remix or something is is a bit weird. It's a
4: strange one. Um, Old choice. I mean, it's a sort of striking bit of vocal. It did get me thinking. I was trying to think what it reminded me of. And I think it might be this from the mid-1990s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a uh, police camera action with Alastair Stewart. Um, that must be. That, presumably, Nick was the inspiration. I can't think of anything else.
2: Yeah, you I mean, it's it's the only possible, uh, it's the only possible theory, isn't it? You, you, the the uh, the the long-awaited nod to the uh, opening titles of police camera action.
4: Yeah, let's move over to ITV now. <laughs> This is a completely forgettable piece of music, Dave, and I I say that um, knowing full well someone's going to tweet me tomorrow and say, well, actually, it's this um, quite um, beloved piece from uh, a mid-range composer. I don't care about that. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be a memorable piece, but the the artwork, which is obviously useless for us to discuss on the podcast, is beautiful. Uh, They've gone down the animation route, and I'm very happy with them. It
3: has a slightly more traditional feel than BBC which is probably maybe the opposite way around that you'd expect. It team. does look quite bbc doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
4: But they've gone down, Nick, they've gone down the kind of try and get as many iconic players depicted in various um, vaguely um, relevant situations as they can, which I think is a solid option visually for an opening title sequence.
2: Yeah, it's, so it's, it's the, the various iconic characters of the World Cup travelling to... The World Cup, by the looks of things, by various different modes of transport. Oh, i kind of don't know where they got that idea from, mm. but they sort <laughs> um, uh, of curiously. If you look out.
3: very, very closely, very closely <laughs> in the background, you you those two little people at the back in a car. There's Nick at the back uh, yeah. getting his camera stolen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We got asked camera if anyone in um, in Breda in the Netherlands is carrying around a suspiciously shiny looking set of camera equipment, then um, gives a shout.
3: <laughs> it's um, whilst it is obviously sort of, um, I suppose you would say that that is classical music, right? But it's not. It doesn't strike me. It's not classical music in the same way as that like might be reappropriated. It's, it's not like a symphony, is it? It's uh, no. it's more. It's almost like golden era Hollywood style, mm. sort of Lawrence mm. of Arabia vibe. Yes, or it was.
4: Oh, that yeah. that yeah. might be it actually.
3: Mm. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. I is, wanna, is it Arabia I, Nah,
4: close enough <laughs> uh, yes indeed right let's stay on the domestic broadcaster front John Hartson going strong Dave for the Ali McCoist cult co-commentator crown at this World Cup so many delightful moments from him uh, particularly the way he pronounces the word ridiculous but uh, I think just edging ahead of that was was this moment from the latter stages of the USA versus Wales
3: Brennan Johnson. Uh, Brennan um, Johnson, yeah, down this right-hand side. Fresh legs.
0: Fresh legs. We need Brennan Johnson to run in behind. Use that energy, that young youthness he's got about him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not quite at uh, his running an absolute mock peak, Dave, but I do like uh, young youthness. Well, the best kind of
3: youthness to have, I think. Yeah, Um. Yeah. I like John Hartson, I do. I think you're right in, to put him in, he's, he's sort of in the uh, same sort of, Sphere as as Ali McCoist, he's not he's not quite as good as Ali McCoist, but he does have that same endearing quality to him, and in my experience, a, a very nice man as well, very big man, very nice man. Yeah, big hearted, I mm. sense.
4: There's a bit of give and take with John Hartson, Nick. I mean, as I say, McCoist has clearly been moved into the into the elite level fixtures, no question, and Hartson has now moved into that space. Surprisingly, I thought he'd just get Wales games, but no, he's moved into kind of the more Kind of hipsters' choice games is the best way of putting it. But you, you do get these moments of delight, and then you and then occasionally you do get things like um, him whinging about an offside flag going up too late, which is co commentary from twenty seventeen that we don't really need anymore, do we?
2: I, I quite like those little moments of, um, of of comfort, like they're they're sort of familiar things. Make you, you
4: feel you, better, right? As yeah, uh, yeah in it, football it, intellectually.
2: Yeah, it's the sort of thing that that still, that does annoy me, but I know it shouldn't annoy me, so it is quite nice to hear you know, someone else get annoyed about it as well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just on Annie McCoys, I'm not gonna go on too much about my very exciting trip. But I think the highlight of it was sitting next to Annie McCoyce in the media centre of uh before Senegal Netherlands. I, I made him laugh with a very kind of low level quip about England. And then, as he was getting up to go up to the gantry, he patted my shoulder and told me to enjoy the game.
4: Oh fucking hell superb. I wasn't yeah. actually jealous about any of this trip
3: right up until now. <laughs> It, was, it, it was genuinely
2: sensational. Yeah.
3: Did, did you <gasps> introduce yourself mistake. to him? Did he just see that you were in the same sort of bit as him and just, how are you, mate, sort of thing?
2: No, we, we were sat down on the same kind of bank of tables and mm. uh, England, Iran was on, uh, on the TV and um, he was sat a couple of places down from me. I, I, I elbowed my way into a conversation. Um, That's the only way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. That's the only way to do it. Like a and girl then, you fancy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sensational.
4: I oh, love it. That, that is a, thank you for bringing that story to this podcast. More on Ali McCoyst very shortly. But first, this is from RYZ, who has alerted me to uh, YouTuber Ben Foster and friend reacting to England versus Iran. Only one real phrase to keep count of here. <laughs> ben, what the hell is
2: that? He's away. Huh? That's too many. Nice. Too- <laughs> Come that's on. The- that's just blown away. Lovely. That was some finish, by the way. <laughs> oh, we missed a goal. Five days is 3 Stop talking about shares, by the way. This um, is a really impressive first game of the tournament, by the way. Oh, oh, wow, there you go. Iran have just scored one, by the way. Rasper just scored
4: the second touch of the game, by the way. Seven. Seven, by the ways. Um, wow. Of, of sort of varying tenuousness there, Nick. <laughs>
2: Yeah, inc- inc- a few incorrectly deployed there. Um, Bellingham, what a header! That is, by the way, fine. That, that, that's, that, 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 that's, that's absolutely that, the gold standard, isn't it? That's textbook. Iran have scored, by the way. No, absolutely not. No, I'm not even mm. that. It did feel quite forced
4: in the end, Dave. I mean, admittedly,
2: we I mean we're
3: playing a something of a. I think the worst uh, one was stop cheap shot by pulling it all together. Well, sure, but I think the worst one was stop talking about football shirts. By the way, like, yeah. that's like. Completely ridiculous. It's against the very spirit, by the way, yeah, is yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the... Yeah, yeah, very much locked into football speakers. Ben Foster. It's, it's a tough watch that full TikTok video. I'll level with you, <laughs> uh, let alone to edit it down to its raw essentials. Um, wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend this though. This was great. If there's one thing that defines broadcasting at major tournaments, Dave, it's the kind of um, almost like international call-up employment of Sky Sports pundits on ITV, for example. Was it? it? It just feel, it, you know, at first you think, are oh, they going to water themselves down as they have done in previous tournaments? But it was great to see Roy Keane and Graham Souness properly going at it. This wasn't for show. This was genuine, you know, conversational irritation.
1: He's not looking, and I think... That is a penalty no, for me. No, no, no. All this will do, all this will do is encourage diving. He's dragging him down. He's dragging him right. down. You're not listening to what Laura said. It's a director from I the referee. I exactly what she said, yeah. It's this will going encourage diving. It's not, this is not about opinions. That's a fact. The guy wasn't looking Well, at I'm the here ball. to give my opinion. That's not a penalty. No, this is not about our opinions. It's about the laws well, about of the what, game. What are we here for? I'm, lo- I'm here to give my opinion. Their interpretation. Their interpretation. That's not the, a penalty. The interpretation, the new law That's is. That's my opinion. That's the new law is, the new law is that... If you're not I'm here to give my opinion, I don't I've think that's you a penalty. That's I'm here to give my 10. opinion. That's not a penalty. You I've, heard, I've heard you say it ten yeah. times. I like. want to say I don't think again. it's a penalty. Well, let someone else speak. Go ahead. You'll learn a lot more if you go listen ahead. rather go than talk all the, all the time. time. No problem. Oh.
0: So,
3: <laughs> soon is here. It's so good.
4: What makes sooner so bulletproof here is that he can play the "I'm older than you" card to pretty much anybody, <laughs> even Roy Keane, who who feels not ancient but feels sort of you know hard to dominate these
3: days. But yeah, sooner's just basically just sort of um, coming out on top. I would say, yeah, I think he does. He does just about retain the the, the high ground. Nearly let himself down. He was very close to dropping an f bomb. Yes, <laughs> he had to That's pull himself back from the brink, and he really nice. did get. Very, very irritated there. I I, I wonder whether... Because, obviously, these two are not unfamiliar to each other. It's not Mm. like they they don't normally meet. They obviously have done plenty of games um, at Sky together. But I wonder, because they're outside of their sort of domestic week-in, week-out Sky Sports situation, are they... Are they? They feel that like it doesn't matter as much. We can kind of just go off script because I think so because it's kind of self.
4: Con- it's very self-contained. Mm. Saudi Arabia versus Argentina. No one's going to be talking about that game again in in a punditry sense. Like it won't be something they go back to and say, "Oh, do you remember that row between them?" It was, I think mm. that there's a sort of shorter shelf life of this sort of thing, Nick. So they can, and I said this before, kind of let their hair down
2: because it, it's not going to be an ongoing narrative for them. Did, did ITV clip this up as a as a oh, prime yeah. social media content yeah, like yeah, Sky do? And with a kind of unbelievable row on uh, in uh, Argentina Saudi Arabia, they treated it fairly,
4: fairly sort of jokerly, I think. But um, as well, but always, it, in it these... did feel genuine though, because I mean, I think I yeah.
3: think we can all we can all sort of we all have a radar for when this stuff is maybe forced and when it's not. And I think these two and and this sort of chimes with what I've heard about them sort of off air as well. I think I think they both have a switch. They can both be very nice and are probably very nice most of the time. But I think both of them have a moment where they cross the line and 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 they're I sit there, sticking to yeah. their guns on whatever the thing is they're talking mm. about and this was just one of those moments. They really did and it was a bit... You could see the other. It was Joe Cole and Laura Woods, I think, and they were yeah. both sitting there, sort of looking at each other, going, "Oh God." Where do we Joe go Cole next? played.
4: Joe Cole played the innocent bystander role quite yeah. well. Uh, Nick, in the end, I think it, it, there was a kind of hint of a joke afterwards. Was like, "Now I'm not, not going get into this whatsoever."
2: No, he's well advised to stay out of uh, stay stay, uh, stay out of that one. Why? The other thing I quite like about it, which is kind of inherent to all, most of these rows that happen, is that. They're not really looking at each other because they're sort of angled vaguely towards each other. But, <laughs> it's difficult, but, isn't it? Yeah, but not really directing their arguments at each other, which lends it an
3: air, a slight air of passive aggression, which really, yeah. I think really adds something to it. Yeah, Soonest totally is agree. looking. Soonest looks down, sort of in the direction of Keane but look down to the floor which again just a very subtle detail. Yeah Keane's not it, big on eye contact at all. Like yeah. s-
4: sky or otherwise he sort of tends to sort of look into the middle distance as he tries to talk someone down without getting too loud in the process. It's very controlled but Sunes is too much of a Rolls Royce isn't he really <laughs> in a pundit sense. Mm.
3: It's funny you make the point about the age though because what how, how what 20 years Sooness probably on 15 on Keane or 10 I don't know but they they obviously he's from a different generation of players. Yeah. Keane was only, Keen's career was only just was was getting going as as, soon as retired and became a manager, mm. but they sort of looking at them side by side, they 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 look quite similar age almost these days. as is ageless;
4: it's, mm. it's mad. Um, it's like yeah, cryogenically frozen. Um, but yeah, um, I think we will be returning to this theme later on in the tournament. Um, but speaking of little benchmarks for a classic World Cup, I've been waiting for this. I, I, I've been dreaming of it, and John Murray on BBC Radio 5 Live, finally delivered. Here he is talking about Mexico striker Henry Martín.
2: Comes towards the ball, and looks to just lay the ball off, play little triangles. He'll be be doing that a lot in this game. Yeah, he plays for the America Club in Mexico.
4: Yes! (laughs) It's classic, isn't it? It's great. It's like sitting down to a a medieval banquet, Nick. It's lovely. Just classic.
2: Magnificent. Kind of reading reading it off a card like a sort of nan reading a foreign name. Mm. Uh, Yeah, It's excellent.
3: But, that particular yes. club, I mean, you can't say it any other way. If you'd said he plays for America in, in, the, in Mexico. Mm. Like. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's slightly
4: one sort of mark off for this is that they are called Club America. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't guess, quite yeah. work. But I but I, love, I love the construction. I love mm. it. It's, it's classic. It's timeless. And it, and it sort of retains that air of mystique you need about a World Cup, Nick. Bit of distance.
2: Yeah, exactly. And said with that kind of, well, you know, if that's what they will name their clubs over there <laughs> kind of air to it as well. Yep. Lovely. Yep. Perfect Lovely, done. indeed.
4: Um, later on in their game, this is from uh, listener Jamie. Here's Matthew Matt, Matty Upson. On 5 Live, damning Mexico midfielder Hector Herrera with faint
2: praise. He is getting everywhere, Hector Herrera, at the moment. I mean, he's taken a, a really different role, actually. He's normally a bit of a break-up play merchant at times, but he's, he's far more attacking for Mexico. Yeah, really positive, isn't yeah. he?
4: Where does this stand in the merchant stakes, Dave? Are you having a break-up play merchant? bit of a break-up play merchant it's not
3: I it's don't not don't like a frivolous it. thing is it yeah. it's actually quite an important thing I don't know is that is that merchant territory maybe it is I think it is merchant territory because it is something to that's to be slightly looked down upon maybe mm, it's maybe. he's only there to break up the play
4: yeah as all other merchants are it's like yeah.
3: tapping merchant speed yeah. merchant all that
4: sort of stuff mm. step over one merchant. dimensional yeah. sort of aspect to it that's yeah. all he does kind mm. of thing and uh but uh, Nick, it's mid-table Merchanting, isn't it? It's it's kind of all right. It, it rolls off the tongue fairly well.
2: Yeah, it's fine. You know, you know exactly what it means. It is slightly kind of being Sniffy about. You know, is the 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 the, the water carrier type thing. You know, being looking slightly down on uh, a, a vital aspect of the game. But um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. And also, you know, good to see that Matty Upson's doing his homework
4: on Hector Herrera, if anything, sort of lends an air of authority about it. Um, haven't got the audio for this, so you'll just have to take my word and indeed Arpen Banerjee's word for this. It says, Hi, Adam. During the VAR check prior to the Lewandowski penalty miss for Poland against Mexico, Mark Klattenberg, who is basically the Peter Walton for Fox TV, said, All we ask for is consistency. Surely he's not allowed to say that. He can't ask for consistency, Nick. He's, Arpen's bang on here. A referee should be getting involved in this, in this, in this, <laughs> this uh, tedious... refereeing discourse
2: this is the thing I I kind of I always wonder about with when players go into punditry it's like when they're players they must complain about pundits slagging them off all the time and then when they go into punditry they're all slagging so I've always been fascinated by the the point at which that switches where they they forget that this is going to piss off the players down there and they just do it anyway so presume that must happen to referees as well this is the first
4: chink in the armour I've seen in any sort of refereeing punditry
2: yeah I mean they, 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 they must uh, as with other uh, with with the players, they must listen to how pundits talk and then just kind of uh, and just absorb that language. And you know, when they're in an unfamiliar situation, they just fall back on that. But yeah, very. Odd.
3: I, uh, a truly, betrayal, Dave. It's betrayal. I, it is. It's a baffling thing for a Playing former ref- to the gallery. referee to say. What I wonder: Does he genuinely believe that, or mm. has is it learned speak? Is he yeah. saying it because he thinks he should say it, and it's and he's heard other people say it? Because because if he thought in any detail about his thousands of games that he refereed, he would obviously come to the conclusion that it's quite hard to to be consistent all the time, right? Like it's. And Mad. people's,
4: you know, demands for consistency just ignore the fact that the two situations they're comparing are not the same. Like, yeah. they are vaguely related. The, the moving of the goalpost when it comes to refereeing consistency is infuriating, and uh, it really needs to be blown open for the public to realise.
2: For for anyone who is watching Fox Sports, Work, can can I request that you just keep your ear out for uh, for him to mention common sense next. So mm. just let us know. Yes, Thanks. absolutely.
0: Um,
3: now, I... Don't know why they don't get the referees to come out after the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he would. He'd do it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com Slash /courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Rexham premieres May 2nd on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me.
1: you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that!
0: That is wonderful! Brought to
3: your ears by The Athletic. This is football cliches.
4: Now, of course, a uh, little storyline bubbling away in the background of this World Cup is Cristiano Ronaldo's... Um, severing of his relationship with Manchester United Ronaldo himself Dave um, released a statement on Twitter uh, via the Apple Notes app mm. on his phone Alex Ames writes and says I know he's busy at a World Cup but it's, he seems too big for Apple Notes it's a fair, it's fair shout this I is thought, too Bob behaviour
3: I thought the same To the the point where I sort of had to do a double take when I first saw it. I thought, is is this some sort of parody or something? Because Ronaldo, I mean, Ronaldo, obviously, so everything about him is the image and obsessed with perfection. You'd have thought he'd get someone to knock up a nice graphic with a statement on it. Gold on
4: black, logo Mm. at the top, Nick. Um, That's what I would expect. I know it's last minute, and probably
3: presumably last
4: minute
2: stuff, but come on, mate. But uh, what do you... Surely he's got people. Maybe maybe he doesn't have people with him. Maybe the, the maybe his people aren't allowed in, in the the kind of. Uh, Could get his national... VPN on his laptop set
4: up <laughs> quick enough to get in touch with them.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. You would have thought that um, his people would would provide him with a template as well. You are going to release <laughs> just in it. Case. Yeah, just in case. Just all you have to do is ta- It's just, just like notes, but you just have to tap it into this this bit here. It will look lovely. Oh, blah, blah. Um, Can you imagine?
1: I
4: can't get it to work. Can someone give me a call? <laughs>
2: Ronaldo, though, a
4: free agent at the World Cup, Dave. A, a magical place for any footballer to be. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I don't know, it's like going on holiday after you finish school, <laughs> just before uni. That's, it's that thing, isn't it? Just no, not a care in the world. But he's in the shop window, isn't he? He's officially in. In
3: the shop window. I mean, yeah, he is. It's it, it is normally it's the preserve of like well, and I suppose he obviously is quite old, but like normally it's the sort of really important player for a middling to lower nation. Gareth Bale's sort of nearly there. Like he's so he's so important for their nation at a sort of thirty eight year old centre back still just ticking his fitness is being ticked over so he can make the last tournament hasn't played but, a minute of club football this season but uh, yeah. he's so crucial to them isn't he Dave Exa- exactly and and yet
4: here we are with, with Ronaldo despite technically Nick Ronaldo being in the shop window in the sense that he has he it is incumbent on him to attract a new employer He's just not a very in the shop window player. Like, what else is he going to do yeah, exactly. at this moment yeah. that is going to surprise anyone and go,
3: oh, well, fair enough. Although he does literally look like somebody, if there's any sort of human being who could literally be in a shop window, he is <laughs> sort of, it's him, isn't it, Mannequin. really?
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Shave his head and just stand there naked. I don't know, maybe we should help him out.
4: Maybe the media should help him out. For all um, upcoming Portugal games in this in this tournament, he should be designated as
2: the one to watch. <laughs> I don't what don't a, sleep uh, on Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, well, it's a, a good um, a good interview might be to get Gary Breen to interview him <laughs> uh, about the the experience of being in the shop window. Uh, common
4: uh, fallacy, that? Nick Miller. Common fallacy. Oh, oh, hang uh, on. Gary Breen's contract had not expired by the time he had bar- he embarked on the World Cup with Ireland. It may have expired during the tournament. But, oh, uh, yes. fucking hell. All yeah, I right. know. Right. Jesus Christ. But Ellis James well, all right, then Hal
2: robson about Yeah, about this, that? Is, well,
4: this is an incredible example. Uh, as Ellis James also pointed out the other day, Hal Robson-Karnou scored that amazing goal against Belgium a day after his West Brom contract expired. It cannot get better in terms of major tournament shot windowness, than that, Dave. It, it, is, it is perfect. Could someone put
3: themselves in a the shop window better than that? No. But then where did he go to? Did he, did he get re-signed by West Brom? Where did he end no, up I, I,
2: don't, I don't think he was out West Brom. I think he, he'd left Reading, I think. Left and Reading signed, and then joined West Brom. Joined for yeah, West Brom, sorry. so it was a, bit, yeah. a little bit slightly low low-key.
3: Blue-stripey teams. Yeah. <laughs>
4: It's fine. I'm not going back to re-record that. Everyone knows what I meant. Uh, Mark McKillen follows up with this, Nick, and says, are Canada the most in-the-shop window team at the tournament? Um, and this is very much a thing, isn't it? Sort of a set of players who, who are coming through together um, and, you know, potentially after the tournament going their separate ways, say
3: Senegal 2002 being the ultimate shop window team of the World Cup. I thought you meant initially, like, the team. Canada have been bought by Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> We can turn this lot into World Cup challenges within five years. That could work. Ultimate sports washing, just buying a whole country instead of just a club.
2: I mean, it's probably- and if you're gonna if you're gonna buy a whole country, then Canada's Canada's the one, isn't it? Like, if are vast- going for it yeah well, v- vast land, famously kind of pleasant people Chips. nice cities.
3: I do think to, to two languages to be slightly more serious from your original question. They probably right. are I think right up there in terms of their players. yeah there were a lot of apart obviously you've got Alfonso Davis and Jonathan David, who are the two sort of top level European players. For the rest of them, they were all quite impressive, but you know you hadn't I hadn't really heard of many of them so they all but they all did feel very much like they could be appearing on some sort of January transfer window club x is looking at
4: well that's it i mean uh- is is the January shop window for a major tournament more effective than a summer one, Nick? I think it might be because the January window is obviously notoriously difficult to do business in. But you've, if you've got this extra factor pushing it over the edge of a player who's just impressed at a tournament, that could get some business going.
2: Yeah, it's it's very much, it feels like it's going to, going to be very much a home for the panic buy this January. And But
4: it won't be a panic because, oh, he did so well in those two games. Did you well, see but him?
2: that? that it, it, it'll still be a panic buy, but it'll lend a sort of false air of logic to the panic buy Mm. I think there's also I I kind of I don't know whether this is just in my kind of narrow little part of the world but there was a subset of the shop window thing with Canada with when a bit through Richie Larea who uh, is a Nottingham Forest player Mm -hmm. but he's on loan think back at FC Toronto and all the Forest fans I follow were going, Oh, he's, he's doing really well. Maybe we should we should recall him. Oh. We should we should bring him back. He'll solve all our problems. Uh, forgetting the fact that he signed last January and didn't get a look in for the whole season of the championship. So can you know, why why he'd be any good in the Premier League, who knows? But And yeah. now he's impressing
4: in a completely different context that bears absolutely no relation to Premier League football. Yeah. Getting back but that, in But that doesn't matter. Get him back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Other options for the shop window, Dave, Japan um, I mean, if they don't sign for Celtic, that is. Um, someone suggested Saudi Arabia are the shop window team, but none of their players want to leave because they get they get paid so much to play there. I can't see that happening.
3: There's no real precedent for that, is there?
4: No. Samuel Jaber moving to Wolves. And not playing is about as good as it gets.
3: So Saeed Alawara in, in 1994, did, I he didn't get a move, did he, off the back of that amazing I have a feeling he did. Did he? Let's have a look. I'm thinking sort of
4: Belgium or something. Let's have okay. a look. No, he didn't. He played his entire career at Al-Shabaab. 238 go. goals in 588 mm. games. Um, so, oh yeah, if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be him. Right, keep an eye on that shop window. But next up, we're all now familiar with the uh, newfangled stats appearing at the bottom left of our screens, Nick. Um, my favourite one so far for, for the following scenario is um, receptions between midfield and defensive lines. So, which players are receiving the ball in the hole, essentially? And uh, I, I do wonder if he hadn't been binned off in slightly controversial circumstances, what Lauro would have to say about this stat. He oh, would, re- he would sneer at it. What's that? Yeah, What's he would
2: that? sneer at it. But I mean, surely we're 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 missing the obvious one here. That this this has got Kieszy written all over it. Surely, isn't it? <laughs> to read it out in a kind of. I don't know whether he would, he... would he do that on TV or would he save that for the podcast? Receptions, Andy, between midfield yeah. and defensive lines. So, um, passing, then, yeah.
4: Andy. Say. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what the old school um, proper football men, Dave, would call that. We used to call that,
2: what? Pa- yeah, getting pass- the ball to feet in the hole? Pass- passing from... From defender to midfielder, that's, that's what yeah. they go
3: for, surely, wouldn't yeah. It?
2: Yeah. I not think what it meant in old football money, just getting the ball to feet,
4: back to I goal. Think to,
3: I think to feet, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
4: to feet, absolutely. Well, I promised you Ali McCoist, and here he is. This is him commentating on Japan's winner against Germany, and it has all the elements, I think, of some cracking, almost old Andy Gray era, great co-commentary. It's um, First of all, he identifies a massive problem with the goal defensively, and then my favourite bit of it, where he nearly takes something away from the finish and then decides not to. And this is the best not taking away something from the finish I've ever heard.
3: I need to see it again, but I'm thinking to myself, what's Shula's positioning? and the right back position, I see it again. It's just a long ball. Look, he's two yards deeper. What's his, po- his positioning? shocking. It's true. What a great touch that is from Asano. Oh. What a... Fantastic thumping finish! I know I sound as soon as I'm taking it away from the finish and I don't want to, and I'm not, because that is brilliant.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most emphatic not taking away from something I've ever heard
3: in co-commentary history, Dave. Really, really good. I actually was listening to this earlier on for for one of the uh, one of the proper podcasts that we have here on the and, uh,
4: <laughs> whoa, and whoa, whoa. Wow. Pro- good luck with those, those tours
3: po- but, yeah I was going to say those podcasts went and tour mm, all right. I want to play it to you now I'm going to play the clip that I put in earlier on there's a there is Ali McCoyst he makes a noise that lasts barely half a second and the timing of it is just so good
1: absolutely
3: sensational oh, oh. Just right in the split second after Matterface has said absolutely sensational. Just the, oh, oh I don't think, no one else does that. Super.
4: Almost certainly on the replay of a goal, right? Yeah. Because that's the only time you could make that noise. You, you wouldn't make it just contactless. Um, <laughs> it would have to be at the moment that ball is struck because he would appreciate a good finish when he sees one, Dave. That's the whole point of him being there. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Great man and just, as, he, just pe- as people thought that John Hartson was worming his way into the cult co-commentator stakes McCoist plants his flag on Qatari turf um, <laughs> let's move over to Ireland now this is from Max Ryan who's um, watching RTE and here's George Hamilton weighing up the two bigger pictures of Japan's win over the Germans
1: and now Japan playing down a marker as to how Asian football has come on or maybe how German football has regressed well- yeah!
4: <laughs> Could be. It's the biggest picture bit of both I've ever heard, Dave. I mean, those those are two monolithic concepts coming together.
3: Yeah, and answering it himself.
4: <laughs> yeah, just obligatory. Yeah. It's obligatory. It's all, the same conclusion every time. Right, Matt Lyons has got a um, long-standing World Cup bone to pick. He wants to draw our attention to the iconic Bebeto goal celebration at USA 94. This oh, is yeah. what he says. This is the most famous World Cup baby celebration, but it is not how you rock a baby. Should be hands together in the middle, elbows out, surely. It's got on my nerves for twenty eight years. Nick is right. He's right, isn't he? What they're yeah. doing is that what they're doing is essentially holding a cup of soup and rocking it from side to side, when really it should be a kind of...
2: Yeah, but are we not allowed to... to do? Can we allow a little bit of poetic license here? Because the the way that Babeto and Romario and someone else mm. did it, there was a, a line of three or yeah. four of them, which... It would be quite awkward if you do the the stand, If you do this, yeah, you'd be elbowing you, each other, wouldn't you? You got you get you know, you're getting uh-huh. elbows back banging into each other and stuff. But if you if you're doing the way that they did it, then it's, that's much much easier to synchronize. I think. Yeah, they they could dovetail
4: a little bit better. So we, we should have given the be- better right of reply here, shouldn't we, Dave? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: He was he was one of the um, the, the, there was an event in uh, Doha, like a big thing where they rolled out a load of old um, uh, World Cup legends and he was there. So I I missed my chance.
3: And I mean, do correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, as as you are a parent. But I've always thought that the rocking was a tad too fast. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that like- child would be disturbed if you were rocking it that quickly. Well, you'd be surprised.
4: You'd be okay. surprised. But um, no, it's the baby rocking equivalent of, uh, of a virtual ball that's just too big. It's like, oh, ref, I've got it. And then you're doing these massive, I don't know, exercise ball. Uh, but yeah, plenty wrong with it. Matt Lines, you were right to get in touch. Important philosophical question, especially in these times where games are coming thick and fast from Mr. Plo, Nick.
2: He says, at what point should somebody be taken off and wrapped in cotton wool? So, right, so we, this needs to be a key player. It, it, the team needs to be, I think, at least three goals ahead. Game and safe. It, yeah, game safe. It, does, does there need, I mean, I, I think we're all thinking, thinking about Harry Kane here. Yeah. Uh, the other day, does, does there need to be like a a hint of an injury or does, does it need can, can the cotton wool be brought out before there is any that's, ladition, a,
4: that's the crux of this question isn't yeah. it Dave why are they being wrapped in cotton wool you history should, of you, injuries but not necessarily a specific injury now yeah mm. you
3: you're being, you should be wrapped in being wrapped in cotton wool is not something that you should do necessarily it's not it's not an effective treatment to an injury no. it, is, it is to prevent the mm. incident of anything breaking and I, I mm. think um one of our one of our colleagues mentioned to me the other day that um, actually bubble wrap is more <laughs> more, of a, more effective metaphor. than It is than time Cotton to update Wolf. it. It is yeah. time to update it.
4: I agree. Yeah, lock him away in a. Um a local sort of storage facility. In a large wooden box.
3: Yeah. In Cottonwall. Exactly. That's a bit Gangs of London, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Harry Kane on a chair with, a, with some tape over his mouth <laughs> in a big yellow self-storage in Bow.
4: You're not getting let out until the, <laughs> until the knockout stages. We're just trying <laughs> to prevent you getting injured. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tremendous. Suddenly, uh, suddenly stuck in the middle of the U starts playing and a kind character's of like... <laughs>
4: Right, it's time for Barnard. Here she comes. She says, you've got to adjudicate on what the most first round tie in the group stagey first round tie in the group stage there's been so far. Dave, she says, Denmark nil, Tunisia nil has been the most first round tie in the group stagey first round tie in the group
3: stage there's been so far. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm just literally looking to my right now as I look at my wall chart. Little wall chart, have you? Handy and? for these purposes. Um I had to go the live score. It was quite annoying. <laughs> well, we've discussed Mexico Poland, Denmark Tunisia, yes. I thought Senegal Netherlands was quite a good one.
4: I mean it's it's high level group stage activity, but it is very group stage. I mean or it, but it could, it could be last 16 though Senegal Netherlands. Yeah, In the grand uh,
3: scheme of things, it could be a very last 16y game. Yeah. I think but I think I think I think Barnard might be right.
4: Nick my only, um fly in the ointment here for Barnard's theory is Switzerland 1, Cameroon nil, which I thought was really group stagey. I mean, what's more group stagey at the World Cup than Harris Seferovic having a golden chance to make the game safe for Switzerland in injury time, only to be denied by a uh, heroic block from a Cameroon defender?
2: And uh, Bri Ballo scoring scoring the goal as well, a player who I have absolutely no concept of at domestic level, but he pops up every couple of years at these international tournaments. My choice for this was very much leaning on the your favourite World Cup is the first World Cup you remember theory, which is uh, Uruguay against South Korea, who I think Ooh. played each other in the group stage of uh, Italian 90, mm. which is my first World Cup, which is okay. going on, I, th- I think is is happening more or less as we recover. As we About require. to kick off.
4: About yeah. to, to kick, kick off. off. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, we, we've timed this almost just right. Uruguay-South Korea, it, it feels like a really sort of fresh kind of game, actually, Dave. I'm well up for Uruguay-South Korea. Mm. Um, I, no, I happily say this, um, whilst everyone listens to this knowing that it was nil-nil but um, <laughs> um, it's fine don't care on paper which is the most important thing about a World Cup group stage it sounds
3: great and I will watch it yeah t- a tasty encounter I mm, think it is tasty
4: Nick you mentioned Breland Bolo there a lot of correspondence about his muted celebration for Switzerland's goal against against Cameroon uh, against the country of his birth of course um, don't really see I'm, I'm not nobody was suggesting it was controversial by the way but they were suggesting it was um, uh, off script is what I was saying in the grand scheme of football but um, it makes more sense, if anything, you know. 100%. There should be more ties yeah. to the country of your birth than a, a team you were once on loan at, and don't want to piss <laughs> their fans off. Yeah, this He's doing is it for I mean... himself, not for them.
2: Yeah, it's 100% more. It's all tied up in the ideas of national identity and, and whatnot. Much much more relevant than Daniel Sturridge refusing to celebrate against Bolton.
4: Right, a couple of absolute gems. Weird to finish. This is from Dear Fira. As Spain passed Costa Rica to death in Group E, BBC Radio 5 Live's Vicky Sparks upgrades their possession to the highest possible evolutionary level.
1: Spain just pushing, just probing, just so comfortable. With this 3 0 lead and the lion's share, the dinosaur's share of possession.
4: <laughs> Nick has spat out an entire glass of water. He wasn't <laughs> expecting dinosaur's share of possession. how do you feel about it, Nick?
2: I mean, it kind of makes sense, I suppose. You know, the theory obviously being escalating, it's more than a lion's share. It's a. What, what else is. What's bigger than a
3: lion? A dinosaur. There you go. The big, yeah, yeah the, they're the biggest known creatures. <laughs> Ever to walk the earth, I suppose. But what, what is the lion's... Sh- where does the lion's share... It's dinosaurs that walk to the earth, isn't it? Nobody else has ever done that. <laughs> yeah. Good on them. <laughs> Good luck to them. <laughs> what, where, where does lion's share of possession come from? Is it because they are just like the kings of the jungle? Yeah, they will have their share. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A feared mythical so creature. That- yeah, as in that land. respect, in that respect, it's bang on. Yeah, mm. I mean, it, but it does hint, Nick, towards
4: a potentially ominous future for Spain at well, this some tournament. Some dinosaurs are indeed herbivores, though, so still <laughs> greedy, still eat a whole fucking tree, weren't they? <laughs> I suppose so.
2: Yeah, yeah. But possession isn't inherently meat, is it? <laughs> no, it could, it could no, be vegetation. Aggression, well. butter. Yeah, yeah. Not
4: sure. Um, <laughs> great stuff, though. Really enjoyed it. Next up, this is from uh, listener Greg. Uh, here's Vicky Sparks again just moments later, faced with an emergency pigeon situation, but, crucially, still remembering that she's a football commentator on the radio.
1: Spain, collect the ball outside their own penalty area. Did you see that? We just almost got taken out by a pigeon. There it is. Oh, off it goes again. Right to left. That was a close one. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That,
4: that, Dave, is professional broadcasting. Superb. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> Wonderful, describing every element, right? It was remembering she was on the radio, yes, brilliant. It, it was,
2: it was the 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 kind of very natural segue from actual words into oh, we nearly got taken out by a pigeon. That that really, uh, the it's it, very cricket territory. The cri- pigeons are very, uh, very important part of uh, cricket commentary. If, uh, any,
4: if anything, Nick, I wanted more. Football commentary there. or oh, it's like a pigeon in its uh, traditional colours of
2: grey and white. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Flying to it from the right to left.
2: Swooping down magnificently.
4: Honestly, yeah. well, that is the, that was that is up there with the best maintenance of composure at an emergency moment I've ever heard on Radio Football Commentary. Finally, well, I mean, this is just genius, quite frankly. Um, both the fact that it happened, Dave, and the fact that someone spotted it happening. Um, it was spotted indeed by Dominic Bliss. And this, this... It's why this particular song has become so ubiquitous at football matches. It was all leading up to this moment. Listen very carefully.
0: As the two
2: captains meet the officials and the four stadium officials and the three in the VAR hub are from seven different nations. I'm not sure what common language they will have, but the main man is... Um, nice. One in a billion. It's a one in a billion, in a in a billion situation. Zambia, best known for... Sensational stuff. I mean, was do, do you think he? Do you think he, he? heard the. He was listening to the song. And I don't. He, I don't think so. Oh, mm, oh, and that makes it better. Seven. Seven nations. Oh, no no uh, chance. You, uh, but, but he would have. He, he would have made some reference to them being an, an army of yeah. officials, wouldn't he, If it was deliberate. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just for the stat to correlate with the song, Dave. It,
4: I think this is now automatically the best World Cup that's ever been held. As a result, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry okay. about the other stuff. Right. But this has happened. This has so. pushed it over the line for you. Yeah, a little bit.
2: <laughs> the other stuff. Very, very uh, footballer being asked about the World Cup in a there press are other conference. Podcasts. Stuff there from it's you. fine. <laughs> Keep, keep football and politics apart, says Hurry.
3: Didn't say that when we had Keir Starmer on, did you? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate, we've got pigeons to talk about here, mate. How much
4: time do you think we've got? It's We're four minutes into Uruguay versus South Korea, by the way. Um, sorry, Ben Foster there. Anyway, um, uh, on that note, <laughs> David Walker, thank you for a beautiful adjudication panel. Thank you. Thanks to you, Nick Miller, and welcome home, all in one piece. Thank you very much. Enjoy Dapper Laughs. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. and uh, We'll be back on Tuesday.